Wonderful Jesus. Well, I enjoyed hearing uh, Katie's testimony on Friday night. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was ministering, and I just shared a story about someone who was healed of celiac disease in the U.S. And uh, when I back in October, and then when I was there just recently, they came to tell me that they'd been healed. No one had laid hands on them. It was just a word of knowledge had gone out. And she, she thought when she was getting the word of knowledge, when the word of knowledge was released, she was thinking to herself, oh, that's so good. Someone's getting healed of celiacs. I know what that's like. I've got that. Oh, isn't that great? Someone's getting healed. And uh, she didn't actually know it was her that was getting healed. And uh, her kids challenged her when she got home. They said, mom, that was you. You got healed. And she says, really? Do you think so? And, and she actually discovered for months following that she was had none of the symptoms. She had quite severe celiacs. And um, it's been verified. She's completely healed. Hallelujah. Yay, God. And, um, and so I shared that testimony a couple of weeks ago. And I had about four different people come and tell me uh, that that's, that's what they had and, and that the Holy Spirit is touching them. And then uh, Katie's come and testified that she's been healed as well and um, others with um, allergies and, and different things. If the Lord has touched you or healed you in the last, say, the last six months uh, in, a, in, in church or um, he has touched you and healed you, would you raise your hand? I want to see what's happened. Look at this. Wow, God, that is so cool. Father, we give you glory. We say yes, Lord. You are so faithful. And uh, we love to hear your testimony. So do come and tell us right in. Write in your prayer requests too because we do take those seriously and we'll be handing them on uh, to the intercessors as well. We see God do amazing things. There is nothing impossible for God which is so, so wonderful. And we want to hear the testimonies. The testimonies, like I shared, that test, that lady's testimony then resulted in a whole bunch of other testimonies. And this is what happens when you give uh, testimony as to what's happened to you. It, it, it releases other people's faith to think, well, it could happen for me. And they get healed too. Uh, so please don't hold back. We want to hear what the Lord's doing. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. I think you can write to info at Glory City church.com.au and that would be a good thing hallelujah well father you are great and you are worthy of worship and honor and praise lord yours is the kingdom lord we bless you we thank you for your kindness Lord, we thank you for the gift of your son jesus thank you that you loved us so much that you laid down your life for us we bless you and we give you worship Hallelujah. I love your painting, Donna, today. That is just beautiful. Yeah, give her a hand. It's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You can see there's a lion and a lamb there. And I mean, I think that's just so perfect for today that um, the Lamb of God, slain for the sins of the world, Jesus himself, he was crucified on the day of Passover. This year, Passover is, I think, uh, April 22nd. But Jesus was crucified at the very time the Passover lambs were being slain because he came as the perfect sacrifice. Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats and lambs cannot cleanse a person's conscience. But without blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But when Jesus came, the perfect lamb of God, 
and laid his life down. Not only did was sin atoned for, we, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He came and he did far more. He, he forgave everybody's sin. He came and he paid for every sin ever committed. He came and he made a way for your iniquities to be dealt with. That is your crookedness, your crooked definition. Everything that defined you as imperfect. God, the perfect lamb, his sacrifice made a way for you to be made absolutely brand new on the inside. As you receive the lamb of God as your savior, you actually get a new nature, which is absolutely necessary because without perfect holiness, without perfect righteousness, you can't have fellowship with God. There is no fellowship light with darkness. So we need the blood of the lamb to give us Christ's righteousness, his new identity, his, his nature is the only way that we can enter into the presence of the Lord, into fellowship with him. We can't achieve righteousness in our own strength. But when we humble ourselves and we receive the mercy of Jesus, when we acknowledge, Lord, you are my Savior, you are my Lord, your blood cleanses me from all sin. As we exchange our sin for his righteousness, as we exchange our crookedness for his magnificent nature, hallelujah, we are are able to have unbroken fellowship with the King of Kings, with the perfect one. This is happier than you're reacting. That was actually a worship moment and you missed it. So let's just try that again. He gave us not only forgiveness of our sin. He has, he has taken away our iniquity, our crookedness, so we can have fellowship with the Holy One. Hooray. Yay. Now, doesn't that feel better? And not only was he the lamb who takes away the sins of the world, he's the lion. And with the same power that God raised up Jesus from the grave, that same power, that same power now, that the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who conquered sin and death, led them captive. Yay. That same God, Jesus, the almighty, all-conquering king, the same power that God the Father raised him up from the, from the dead by his spirit now lives in you. Wow. That's why we need supernatural help to comprehend that because that's beyond human comprehension. That's why Paul says, and that's why I love to encourage people to pray the Bible. Because when we pray the word of God, we are actually praying the will of God. You can pray whatever you like. God loves to hear your voice. 
But I think it's a very powerful thing to include in your prayers regular praying of the scriptures. And I love to pray Ephesians chapter 1, that God would give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, enlightening the eyes of my understanding in the knowledge of him, that I would know the hope of my calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. It goes on and talks about what that power is, which is like, whoa, it's not a little bit of power. It's the power that raised Christ from the dead now is living in... I just get excited myself. I'm excited. That same power lives in you. And the Holy Spirit wants to wake you up to recognize what you carry. Hallelujah. We get happy. I have to get happy about that. That's so exciting. You can personalize that and pray into it. God, give me supernatural revelation. Open the eyes of my understanding so I I know this, so I understand it in increasing ways. Let me continually be overwhelmed and undone and absolutely in awe of the truth of who you are. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That I might truly worship you. That I might truly live. Not as a victim. Not as a mere human. But manifest him as Christ is in the earth. Hallelujah. So, that's just a little encouragement there. You know, that's why I, I, um, I believe it's so important. As Pastor James prophesied about the word of God. To read the word of God, to, to feast on it, to eat it, to, to make a regular daily habit. I've got a little journal that I, I sit down and I write out some scriptures that speak to me. You know, it doesn't matter if you don't have a lot of time, but if you make a time every day, even if it's five minutes, just to read some word. I mean, I encourage you to take it. And I like to also listen to it as well. We like to listen to it every night as we go to sleep. I put the sleep timer on and Tom and I go to sleep listening, you know, for 15, 20 minutes to the scripture being read. We just want to receive it. Every opportunity I get, I like to hear the word of God, but I like to study it as well. And I want to encourage you God, the Almighty, wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to give you daily bread. But you you grown-ups, you need to go and get it. He's laid it out. Just like the manna fell, they had to go out and pick it up. It's there for you. Amen? Amen. I want to uh, share a little bit with you today. Um, Going on a little bit from Friday. Many of you are with us on Friday night. But give me a wave if you were not here. Uh, on Good Friday. Hallelujah. Well, I was sharing um, about the death and resurrection of Jesus and the magnificent sacrifice of Christ. Just studying over this Easter weekend uh, and, and thinking about the, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us as he came and became sin for us, as he was separated from God. The Father turned his face away And Jesus was rejected because he took on the sin of the world. And God can have no fellowship, light with darkness. He became sin so that you could become righteousness, so that you could have fellowship. That's the essence of the gospel. Hallelujah. The good news of the gospel. It's very simple and it requires faith to believe it because it doesn't make human sense. Humanity wants to make it more difficult 
We don't feel like it's really just that, you know, anybody who's just behaved any old way could come to God, humble themselves and say, actually, God, I have sinned. I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Have mercy on me. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. I believe that your blood, your, your sacrifice is more than enough to make me a new creation. And boom, they are now the righteousness of God in Christ. They have fellowship with God. It doesn't seem fair by human standards, so we often make up other rules. But it's not. It's the simplicity of the gospel. Is that by grace we are saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Hallelujah. And, uh, but what struck me as, as I was really just looking at the scriptures this weekend, and, and as a family we watched, I think on Thursday, we watched the Son of God movie, which I really did, enjoyed. And, uh, and then last night... Uh, we all sat down and, and we watched The Passion of the Christ. I sort of have to get myself ready to watch that. But as, as again, as I just was reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus, I'm always undone by the reality that though he had never sinned, and they were jeering, they were mocking, they were so cruel, they did so many unjust things and they murdered him. As they were doing it, he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He had no hatred, no anger. He was not defending himself. He wasn't reviling back. He wasn't, he wasn't pushing back. He forgave. He just released forgiveness. And it, it, struck, it strikes me so, so hard that this same forgiveness now is available to us. He gives us that forgiveness and now he says, as I have forgiven you, forgive others. I shared a little story about um, a pastor that we met in Baltimore recently. Pastor Paul, he was the most amazing, unusual man. A, um, a Brazilian pastor. But um, he told a story and, um, of when he was ministering. Uh, he was a pastor in, uh, I think, British Guinea or something like that. And he, he, there was a whole lot of uh, warfare going around. And he had, unbeknownst to him, he had developed a brain tumor. And while he was driving one day with his family, just slowly down the street, uh, he had a, a terrible seizure and died. And he was dead for six hours. And so I asked him to please tell me what happened during those six hours. And he shared that he was in heaven and, and it was so beautiful, it was so amazing. And there's many things he'd have to tell you the story, but finally the, the Lord said, Paul, you need to go. His wife was interceding and praying and uh, six hours, completely dead. And the Lord said, Paul, you have to go back. And Paul says, I could find some room here. I could just lie down here. I could stay here. Because he didn't want to go. It was so beautiful. But the Lord said, no, Paul, you need to go. And um, as he was leaving, the Lord said to him, Paul, what's forgiveness? And he says, he gave a theological answer. And the Lord said, Paul, what is forgiveness? So he tried to elaborate on the answer a little bit more. Then he asked one more time, 
What's forgiveness, Paul? Now, Paul had come from a background. He was conceived in rape. His stepfather had abused him. He was thrown out of home when he got, got, gave his life to the Lord as a, as a young man. But he really had thought he'd done everything right to forgive everybody. But this third time when the Lord said, what's forgiveness? He said, you tell me. Probably the smart answer. When God's asking you a question. And the Lord said to him, he said, forgiveness is being able to live without the con- with the consequences of someone else's sin without feeling pain. Forgiveness is being able to live with the consequences of someone else's sin without feeling pain. And when he said that, I thought to myself, wow, is that really possible? You know, of course it's possible. With Christ, all things are possible. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When Jesus' birth was announced, the angel said, Joy to the world and peace on earth, goodwill to all men. This is the message of Jesus. Anyone who's been born again, you have access now to live a life full of peace that passes understanding. A a supernatural peace that is not dependent on what's going on around you, not dependent on whatever you might be facing. A supernatural Christ-like peace is available to you. Joy, righteousness. This is the abundant life we've been called to. Hallelujah. That's another worship moment. Just letting you know. Yay! What would it look like to live in supernatural peace? Well, I believe this is a real key. Forgiveness is an, is, is an interesting subject, and it's not one that I, I, I think I, I fully understand. Yet, as, I've be, as we've been on our neg- negativity fast, who finished that with, you know, I hope nobody did. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit was teaching me some things, and I, I hope he was teaching you some things too. And as I was listening to Pastor Paul and as I was thinking about these things, over the weeks the Holy Spirit's been dealing with my own heart. And he's been particularly dealing with me in regard to judgment. You see, just as we sang tonight, mercy triumphs over judgment. It's a scripture. Jesus' delight, the Father's delight, is that his mercy would triumph over judgment. That Jesus would become The one who was judged so that we could be given mercy. Hallelujah. But the father is also wanting us to recognize that we often live with pain beyond what we are created to. Our hearts were created for love. That's what they were made for. They weren't created for judgment. And very often... Just as humans living in the world, we can be conformed to the pattern of the world if we are not feasting on the truth of God, if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. And it is, this is something I'm still learning. 
I'm a new creation. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have the nature of Christ, the mind of Christ, the motives of Christ. Hooray. But I'm still growing and learning. And I want to continue to grow and learn and understand what is right, what is wrong. How do I walk pleasing towards you, to, to bless you, to walk in holiness, to walk in righteousness. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit's continually taking us deeper and, and leading us into greater and greater maturity. Hallelujah. But he wants to lead us into perfect peace. To really know what it is to enjoy fully the blessing of the kingdom. Yeah. Righteousness, peace and joy. How to actually live there with an uncluttered heart. An uncluttered mind. How to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Christ who came to give us life and life more abundant. Christ. And the Bible tells us um, in Romans chapter 8 verse 6. That the mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. That's possible. That your mind would be continually thinking about things that are life yeah. and peace. I possibly suggest, though, that there may be some Christians that don't spend the majority of their time thinking about things that are life and peace. Now, there's no condemnation in that, but the Father is longing for you to experience the fullness of abundant life. And abundant life is full of peace. It's full of joy. Hallelujah. You don't have to be deceived in any way. The spirit of truth wants to show you, hey, I've created you for life and peace. I've created you for joy. But often we relive pain unnecessarily. We allow the, what clutters our mind comes as a result of judgments that we make. I recently had a, um, had a dream where I was remembering some things that went on a few years ago that I hadn't thought about for a long time. But I woke up troubled. And then I started to think about some people during that time and the way that they'd treated me during that time. And I, I thought to myself, I thought, that was cruel. If they knew how much I was suffering, they wouldn't have done that. That's so, that was cruel. They were mean. That was nasty. In fact, maybe one day I will, I will explain to them why that was mean, why that was cruel. And as I was thinking these thoughts... The sweet Holy Spirit put his arm around me and he said, you know, that's judgment, Catherine. And I realized he was doing this for my sake. You see, every time I'd think about it, I'd have pain come again. I'd relive the pain. Oh, that was cool. Oh, that hurt. Oh. You see, I, d I decided... Wow, what they did was wrong. But then I went a step further. I went, they were cruel. And the moment you go the next step and you start to judge them for what they've done. Now, we as believers, we have the, the capacity to, to discern right from wrong. And if something is wrong, we are allowed to say that is wrong. That's not the judgment God's talking about. You can discern that act is wrong. What, you, what, what, 
this is happening, this is wrong, that's the wrong thing. And you can rebuke someone in love for doing the wrong thing. But the moment you go the next step and you judge their heart, you judge their motives, and you, you identify them, you judge them, you are actually filling your heart with stuff that is not meant to be there. And you are building something that will come back and bite you. And as the, as the devil tries to remind you of it, you'll, you'll engage again in the judgment that you had against them and the pain will recur and recur. And I didn't realize that this was going on in my heart. But as soon as I realized, I went, oh, yay, thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me see that. Wow. Father, I forgive them. I forgive them for what they did. And Lord, I, I just ask you to forgive me for judging them. Whatever it was, whatever the reason, they may have had good motives. It doesn't matter whether they did or didn't. It's not my place to be their judge. I'm preaching good. This will help you. You see, if we will understand that we weren't created to carry the sins of the world. But Jesus did it for you so that you could have life and peace. If we would understand that our minds and our hearts are under attack, but the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, we would not allow the enemy to trap us into a life of pain. You know, there's many traumatic things that happen, many difficult things. And I'm not suggesting that, that you can live a life free from pain. In fact, the Lord said, in this world, there will be trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Hallelujah. But we need to be consciously aware that we don't need to take on anything more. We don't need to be going over and over in our hearts. Judgments of what people have done to us. Judgments of what's going on. Well, you know, I've even at times found myself upset because I've been thinking about what someone did to somebody else and just... And then realizing, what am I doing? Stop it. I'll deal with what needs to be dealt with. And I'm going to stop it because this is stealing the God-given peace that is rightfully mine. That scripture, Romans 8, says the mind set on the spirit, the, the mind controlled by the spirit. That is one that leans into the Holy Spirit, lets him hug you, let him, let him give you peace, let him help you. And you say, help, Holy Spirit. He's right there. I'm so glad you asked. Right there to help you, to lead you, to show you, to encourage you. And then as you help him be the glory and the lifter of your head, and you deliberately choose to think on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report, as you deliberately choose to bring every anxiety that you've got and, and cast it on him, remember how we talked about just flicking it off, a quick toss, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Cast your anxieties on him with supplication and thanksgiving. Thanks, God, you're taking care of that. Hooray. Then 
the peace of God is going to guide our hearts and minds as we deliberately choose to focus on what is pure and lovely and of a good report. As we deliberately choose not to allow into our hearts judgments that are going to steal our peace. I was thinking about it, trying to think of an example. And For example, if someone were at work, say you go into work tomorrow and and maybe there's a, a promotion or a special job that you are hoping to get and you find out someone else has got it. Now, that's painful. That could be painful. Ow. And you could go, ow, that hurts. Or you can go the next step and go, that boss doesn't like me. He doesn't like me. He doesn't appreciate me. In fact, I reckon probably someone's been talking to him about me. You know what? I think he's got it in for me. In fact, I don't think he ever plans to promote me. And before lunch, you have built up a whole wall in your heart that makes any interaction with that person really difficult. On the outside, you could be smiling. But I tell you what, they'll see. Because the eyes are the window of the soul. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And they'll hear what goes on in the lunchroom. But you know what? If that boss then one, you know, a couple of weeks later is, wants to give an even better position, you've spoiled your chances. Because they'll think, well, I don't, I don't think that person really likes me. I don't think they enjoy working here. I, you, you've built up a wall that is going to cause even more pain. But if instead you go, ow, that felt unjust. God, I give it to you. You said for my former shame, pain, and disgrace, there'd be double recompense. God, I ask you for favor. I ask you for double recompense for what for that pain I've, I've suffered. I give it to you, and I choose right now to silence the enemy. I'm not going to listen to the voice of the enemy and the temptation to enter into judgment because I've been made to live in peace. Hallelujah. That sort of thing is not really normal. Normal human thinking, normal human reactions. But it is absolutely normal in the kingdom of God. That is what normal Christianity should look like. That, ow, that hurt, but, oh well, Yay, thank you, God. Double recompense, what's it going to look like? It's going to be good. I know you've got something better. You make all things work together for my good. You can walk in faith and hope, trusting in God. You can choose at that moment, will I trust in God or will I trust in my manipulation? Will I trust in God or will I trust in my giving him my sad look? Will I trust in God or will I just go and find something else? Holy Spirit wants to train you to walk in divine joy, divine righteousness, divine peace. Hallelujah. This is a life worth having, but it is a life trained by the Holy Spirit of God. The mind controlled by the Spirit of God is a happy, healthy mind. Hallelujah. 
You, beloved, have been created with a free will. And it didn't disappear when you gave your lives to Christ. You still have a choice every moment of every day to do whatever you like. Just as Jesus had a free will in the garden and said, Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. You have a choice every day whether you are going to go the way of the world in your thinking. Or whether you're going to lean into God and say, Holy Spirit, teach me your ways. Help me. I choose to set my mind on things above. You know, one of the most effective ways when you are going through a mind battle like that is not to try and fight it in your mind, but actually to pick up the word of God and begin to declare it. To begin to speak it. Holy Spirit, help me find some scripture to, to, to declare in this situation. Father, I thank you. You make all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are for me who can be against me. When you open a door, no man can shut it. Father, I thank you for your goodness. You know, that is what you can attach your faith to. Because the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And we've been given the armor of God and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. We need to use it. You know, I love to see the miracles of God. We're going to see some more today. Hallelujah. All through the week, people are going to go out and pray for the sick and minister life and healing and the power of God. I tell you, it's going to go from glory to glory and strength to strength. The glory of the Lord's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. God is going to minister to you in dreams. You're going to be moving in higher and higher levels of the gifting of God. It's being poured out because the glory of God is being poured out that his name would be lifted up. But in the midst of all of that, God wants you healthy. He wants you happy. He wants you walking in peace. A supernatural peace that's not dependent on how you're going, how you're feeling, but dependent on the Holy Spirit, helping you fix your mind on him. Amen? I just want to read this last scripture to you. Isaiah 61. And I'm going to read it from the New Living. It says here, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Now remember, this is a scripture that Jesus read in the temple. They got really mad with him. Because after he read it, he said, This today has been fulfilled in your hearing. And they're like, Wow! The other really exciting thing about this scripture is that now you are a co-heir with Christ. So all the scriptures relating to Jesus are now promises for you. So this, you can actually, this is one of the ones that I personalize and pray. Like I say, I pray the scriptures. I personalize and pray this deliberately because I can have confidence that this is what God in me is anointed for. Hallelujah. So he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. And to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he'll give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, 
They will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Woohoo! Beauty instead of ashes. Life instead of death. Righteousness instead of unrighteousness. The nature of God instead of iniquity. The mind of Christ instead of a mind of confusion. Peace instead of torment. These are the blessings of God for us. Joy instead of mourning. Delight instead of a downcast heart. Praise, ecstatic praise. Faith-filled, genuine, supernatural hope instead of depression. I'll just do a happy dance for those of you who are too afraid to do it. That's very exciting. But you actually have to grab a hold of it and have it. You could, you could quote reams of scripture. You could know it all and still walk in torment and unbelief. But if instead you will take the simplicity of the gospel, you will allow it to impact your heart and change you. If when you see that you've been walking in judgment towards somebody, you repent and say, oh, sorry, God, I give it to you. Hooray. Thank you, God. I don't have to carry that burden anymore. I release them and I thank you for forgiving me. Have mercy on me. I'm so grateful you've shown me, Jesus. Then that no longer has to torment you. Hallelujah. The heart of God is to give you Life instead of death. The mind set on the flesh is death. That is, thinking according to the world's ways will kill you. But if instead your mind is submitted to the Holy Spirit, your mind is deliberately taking, you're deliberately doing what he asks, that is to take captives those thoughts that come against you, to say, no, not going there. I'm going to pick up the sword of the spirit right now in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to declare the truth. And the truth makes me free. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk in truth. I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to walk in joy. This is not something I need to try to do. It is my inheritance. And I have the sword of the spirit that will cast out, get rid of anything that would try to keep me in bondage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is good. Our wonderful Jesus. Father, we say thank you for your mercy and your goodness today. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we worship you. We honor you. And Lord, I ask, Father, that you would deliver people today from the torment, oh God, of trying to figure out why somebody's done something from the torment of judgments that they've brought against other people, Lord, that you would enlighten the eyes of their understanding and the knowledge of you, that they would know you, who you are, that they would understand, Lord God, that they too have been made new creations, that they now have the capacity and the right to forgive as you forgive. Father, help them to understand the greatness of that power, that power to forgive like Christ. Wow. Give it to them, Jesus. Holy Spirit, give them that revelation of that amazing power to walk in supernatural peace.
that amazing power to release supernatural forgiveness. Jesus, we bless you. We honor you. We worship you. Father, I pray for those that have been tormented, Lord, by things that have been done to them. Lord, deliver them from evil. Father, I ask that you deliver them, Holy Spirit. You'd help them. Show them, oh God. Show them how to set their mind on you. Release truth to their hearts, oh God, so that they can walk in freedom, so that they can take captives any tormenting thoughts, oh God, that they might walk in supernatural peace. Papa, we bless you. Jesus, we say thank you for your example, that you came and you forgave the unforgivable. And Lord, I thank you now. It's no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Thank you, Lord, that we have power now to forgive the unforgivable. Wow. Thank you, Lord, that we have power to live in supernatural peace no matter what has been done to us. Thank you, Lord, that we have power to live in supernatural hope no matter what we see because we know the truth that when you are for us, no one can be against us. Lord, we worship you and we bless you. I release, Father, in the name of Jesus, your anointing for hope, for health, for healing now in the mighty and the holy name of Jesus. Deliver them, Father, from evil. Lord, I thank you for your great grace. I thank you for divine joy, supernatural hope, supernatural peace in the holy and the precious name of Jesus the Messiah. We say thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Papa, we bless you.